You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. Uh, over the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about Best Picture nominees for the year, and we are almost done. So far, we've talked about, I'm going to see if I can get the order right, we talked about Trial of the Chicago 7. We talked about Mank. We talked about Minari. We talked about Nomadland. Last week, we talked about The Father. No, last week, we talked about Judas and the Black Messiah. Before that, we talked about The Father, so there we go. Messed up the order. But today, we're going to talk about Promising Young Woman. Uh, this is barely even a spoiler, but we liked this movie a lot. Uh, we are going to... I think this is a long episode. We're going to gush about it a lot here. Um, also, uh, this movie is up for Best Picture, Director, Screenplay, Actress, and Editing. We talk about each of those in at least some length. Um, we talk about screenplay first because it makes the most sense to talk about the story first when we're sort of summarizing the movie, but it is hard to talk about the story without spoiling it. So here's your very first spoiler warning. And there's two more in the movie, in the, in the episode, but if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, maybe, uh, come back once you've seen it. I would recommend that anyway, because this movie is very good and you deserve to go into it as blind as possible. Uh, this, this movie's great. We're going to talk about it for a long time. I could probably talk about it for an hour just in the intro, but I don't want to do that. What I want to do is listen to Paris Hilton. So here is Stars Are Blind. Listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about the Oscars uh, for like the last several several weeks, I guess. Um, we are now on episode three of uh, going through the Best Picture nominees for 2020. Um, I think it's episode three of maybe only four technically because we've already talked about most of them, or we already talked about three or four of them. Uh, so anyway, last time. We've already talked about Nomadland and Minari. We talked about The Father. Last time we talked about Judas and the Black Messiah. Right, we talked about Mank around Christmas. And today we're going to talk about Promising Young Woman. Uh, Pierre, 
what do you think of Promising Young Woman? Did you watch this movie? I did, and I really liked it. This was the first Best Picture nominee that I it like basically instantly was interested in and well, from the start and enjoyed throughout. There was like no no point where I was like, oh man, why'd you throw that out? It's a very very solid movie. Um, a couple of small things I might have changed, but um, it's it's still really really good. What did you think? Yeah, I uh, I loved this movie. Personally, I only have one issue with it that I can think of. And it's such a small thing that really it's just a stylistic choice that does not sit well with me, mm. but is ultimately fine. Like I actually, to- I-, I was looking for it too this time. And like, I get it. It works. I just don't like it. That's fair. Um, do you want to say what it is? Or do you want to bring that up? You're going to bring that up later. <laughs> I'm probably going to bring it up later anyway, but I'll say what it is before I forget, just so that's not hanging there forever. Uh, There is a a storytelling device in this movie where um, the main character has a list that she's working through, and the list is numbered, like, with, with, um, you know, when you tally something, you have, like, a line, and then two lines, and then three lines, four lines, and then you cross them out. Mm -hmm. Um, And they use that in this movie sort of as scene transitions, except that they start with three. Like, numbers one and two are actually there if you know to look for them, but the way that that works, the way that happens is, the way they're actually used as scene transitions, like, it becomes big and obvious with three. Like, three tallies flashes on the screen at the third one. And then at the fourth one, there's four tallies. And then at five, it's like a black screen. So it's like getting progressively more towards that direction. It's just not, it's not, they don't commit to it from the start. And I think that the way they did it is like interesting enough now that I know to look for it, but it didn't work for me. I didn't think it was executed well enough for that to be as cool as it should have been. That's fair. Okay. Such yeah, there, a, there such was a like pick that like, I don't even know if it counts talking about it this early. Yeah. Yeah, there's like very some very very small things that I I, I couldn't have picked too, um, but I think that just kind of shows like how good the movie was. Like you see like these the flaws you see are really small if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and that that's a good sign usually. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna briefly say what this movie is up for, uh, just in case we haven't already. It's up for best picture, I guess. Obviously, we already said that part. Best director, best original screenplay, best actress, and best film editing. Now, Pierre, normally well, how we would start this is we would, uh, we would summarize the movie. I think let's hold off on that for a moment, unless you want to start with screenplay first, because like, I don't think there's a good way to summarize this movie without, without spoiling it. But also, this movie is very cool, and the story is like one of the coolest parts. Maybe we should just talk about screenplay first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell us what this movie's about? Um, Promising Young Woman is a tale of, uh, oh God, I don't remember her name. Uh, a promising young woman named... Uh, her name is Cassie. Cassie, who basically the, the initial premise is she likes to go out and pretend to be extremely drunk and incoherent uh, and in a way that gets her to be like taken home by a guy that um, that wants to take advantage of her basically. And uh, she's kind of making a tally of people that do this and not entirely sh- like 
I, I think it she's I think it's just like a hobby for her. Um well also what I notice is it's not a hundred percent clear what she does once she's found out. Because like she sort of like goes through the goes through the night to get taken advantage of, and then she ultimately doesn't. She'll just like reveal herself and sort of have whoever is trying to take advantage of her uh have to sort of have to just confront what they've just done. And like at that point, the movie kind of fades to black, so it's a little unclear what she does afterwards, if anything. Like does she yeah, just leave? Yeah, I guess leave? it's up to interpretation. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there's that, and then uh, and then she she does all this. It's slowly revealed she does this because while her childhood best friend um was sexually assaulted and humiliated uh when they were in school, which caused. Cassie, the main character, to drop out to take care of her friend. Um, and basically the rest of the movie is uh, Cassie trying to get past uh, what happened to her friend and past like the vengeance in her mind, basically. Yeah, kind of. different Except methods. Like, yeah, it sort of doesn't feel like she's interested in getting over it, is the thing. Um, well, I would say like one of the the themes at first was definitely like uh, leaving, like it happened. There's nothing she can do now that can bring her friend back, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think like one of the themes at first was her, you know, being able to trust a man um, and be in a relationship again, uh, which was like, you know, kind of her letting go of the past and moving on. Um, so that was I, one of the themes and then, but then like it, that's, I'd say that's the main conflict is, is within her herself. Yeah, actually, um, it's a good thing. It's, it's good you bring that up because I think that one of the, one of the main themes of this is like, should she even move on? Because the movie actually like plays out in a way where I don't really know what the answer to that is. Because yeah. on the one hand, like everyone around her is like, hey, you need to move on. This happened years ago. It was bad. And like, but nothing is going to fix it. But at the other, on the other hand, like this is a movie about kind of her revenge, her taking revenge for her friend. And like the movie seems fully behind her doing that. So it's a little, I would say that the way that this movie is, is it plays out, like it's sort of interestingly doesn't take a side it's not like it doesn't commit to telling you what it wants to say it's just like should she get over it there actually is no answer to this um yeah oh yeah i guess i actually the way the movie ends i, I will say yeah that that's true it doesn't really give an answer um which is fine mm -hmm. because it's it's honestly a very tough uh situation to be in this isn't just like a family member uh like I, I think like a common theme that that's used for moving on is like a family member or a close person dies and the main character has to move on from the past. Right. But this was very different in that uh, it's like, like murder is very straightforward <laughs> as, yeah. as, it, as it sounds. Whereas a uh, sexual assault, unfortunately there's a lot of misconceptions and there's a lot of uh, I, what, what's the best word to describe this? like there's a lot of um blurred lines i guess in terms of how people interpret what happens in the in a, this type of situation and mm -hmm. especially because the incident in this in this movie actually happened like i want to say 10 years ago right um and things Something have obviously like changed a lot since then yeah so yeah 
Yeah, uh, this movie and like this movie deals with um, the topics of like rape apologists, rape culture, um, and like sexual assault just in general way better than any movie I've ever seen. Because like I, I, I honestly can't think of another movie that is anything like this. Because this movie, most of the characters, very few of the characters are outwardly like of the bad characters are outwardly and like obviously evil but so many of them are like every single person in this movie right down to her parents is uh they're just cool with apathy like they're they're ready to just kind of move on from well i mean that's maybe not the best choice of words but they're ready to just sort of ignore this that this happened and get on to other things so yeah um so i so i guess getting to the screenplay um it was really really good i loved the the kind of slowly unraveling aspect of it i think there were some parts of it i was expecting to be predictable but um they really weren't uh i love the i love the main character the way they wrote the main character too uh, mm-hmm. really really well done like it, it's just all around a really good screenplay like this it does it checks every box Mm-hmm. For the most part, I think. Yeah, I um, I liked how, you know, it, it starts out sort of as one movie and by the end it's something completely different because uh, it's not exactly clear why she's doing what she's doing at the beginning and we've already gone over it, but like the way that that's revealed is really clever. It's not anything specific. It just sort of happens over time and mostly through like innocuous world building that you find out why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. I also love that they don't make the, they don't make Cassie like a completely um, good person, if that makes sense. She's a very flawed individual, right? Um, oh, oh, yeah. She's, and you I could argue she does, some, she does some very questionable things in the movie. Yeah. I would actually say that she's closer to a traditional bad guy than a good guy, like to than a than a normal protagonist. And this movie sides with her. And if you're watching this movie, you probably are supposed to side with her anyway. So she's not like the bad guy, but she's also she's not a typical good good character. Yeah, there like there was a are we in spoilers? Is that I mean we're we're talking about the this- screenplay so if if, okay. if you are uh, yeah here's here's your final spoiler warning i'm gonna put a spoiler warning literally at the beginning of this but final spoiler warning right here um yeah so like the i mean at the start i think she's kind of seen as a, a i wouldn't say like oh god i i, wa- I want to say she i guess she's left very morally ambiguous like the one of the first scenes is that uh she's eating well, like, because she comes out of that scene where she's uh, almost sexually assaulted. Or she is, I guess you could say she is. Um, see what I mean about, like, <laughs> there's a lot, like, it's, there's a lot of misinterpretations. Um, but she leaves, she leaves the scene in the, uh, and we, we kind of do, they, they kind of do a bottom up shot, I think. And the first thing we see is her hand dripping with something red, right? And I think it's a, the audience assumes it's blood until you see it's like a, I don't know, a jelly donut or something, right? I thought um, it was a chili dog, like but yeah, something. Oh, like that. chili, yeah. So like from the from the start, I like I, I legit thought she she killed the guy. Um, and she maybe she did. Who knows? Like it it actually never tells you 
straight up whether or not she did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's like there. There was that. There's the the stuff with Allison Bree's character. It's very possible that uh, I because they never. I don't think they. That's another ambiguous one where she might have let Allison Bree get raped in in the hotel room. I don't. My it's, my my instincts heavily, tell me it didn't happen, but it's very possible that it did. It's heavily heavily implied that she didn't. And based on the rest of the movie, I'm pretty sure she didn't. But it's ambiguous enough that like, like you can draw your own conclusions there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then wow, there is one more. I would say the the pediatric, uh, like the way. Uh, I don't know if this is inherently bad, but the way she turned on her boyfriend really quickly um, did strike me. I think it was it made sense for her character, but. It was very, uh, it was a very quick shift, and it kind of showed like her dark underlayer, if that makes sense. Compared well, to, I mean, it made sense in in the context, but this was also like someone she cared for up until then, I guess. So yeah, uh, I think the scene of her turning on the scene of her turning on her uh, her boyfriend at the time is sort of that's kind of the final character moment in the movie in a way because that's where. You know, if the point of this movie is that she's supposed to get over the death of her friend, that is the final moment where she's like, nope, not going to do it. And then yeah, after that, like her, the rest of her fate is kind of set. Yeah. Um, which also, I think that's another thing to point out. The ending was really pretty well done. I think there was, that's, that's the biggest part where I had a, a slight problem with it. Um but the initial screenplay, I don't know if you read this, but the initial screenplay was that she just cuts the the doc, like the 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 guy who's getting married, he, she cuts his dick off and then she just walks away into like the sunset or whatever, um, which would have absolutely ruined the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, because. I don't think that makes it better. But what I have heard about the uh, what I've heard about the ending is a common criticism I've heard about the ending is like, um it tries to have its cake and eat it too because it has like a bad ending and a good ending at the same time in a way. And I think that's fine, but I get how, um, I don't know what you thought of that, but I, I understand the criticism, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Cause she, uh, I guess, I guess here's dies. like the very, yeah. very last time to get out. If you don't want spoilers at this oh, point, sorry. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I already gave two spoiler warnings at this point. Yeah. But like yeah. The, at the end, what happens Very is last. the the person who's getting married, who was, uh, I guess, from what we've been saying, you would only know him as the guy who sexually assaulted her friend far in the past. She finally catches up with him and she uh, tries to, she like gets him, she, she, beco- she uh, disguises herself as a stripper at his bachelor party and like ties him to the bed. And then she is going to do something like, is it going to be that she cuts his dick off? I personally thought she was going to like carve Nina's name into his stomach or something. Uh, but like instead, but she doesn't get the chance to do that. Instead, he manages to get one hand free and suffocates her. And then like at the end of the weekend, uh, she sends like time delayed messages to a bunch of important people and gets the entire wedding party arrested. Yeah. So it's like you have your bad ending, and then you have the good ending. 
Yeah, it, it kind of if if they ended on the death, I think it would have made it a very grounded movie. Um, I thought the the like like the <laughs> the scene where they all come into the wedding and arrest people, right? That was a very it felt like a very blockbuster type movie thing, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. almost Spielberg, uh, Spielbergian, um, especially with the way the text kind of came in one at a time. And then I had like, I think I had like this happy music and like she winked, she sent like a winky emoji at her ex. Um, it goes to, it goes from a winky emoji and then it zooms into the phone, into the credits. I personally yeah. love that. I think the ending is stylistically beautiful. That's kind of why I forgive it as much as I do. Cause like, I'm not sure which ending is, I guess, would make for a better movie if you only took one. But I thought that the the happy ending in a way in in quotes I guess was like done well enough and more importantly was just such a fun scene that uh, that I can forgive a lot of stuff there. Yeah, I I kind of like I I, th- I thought the pacing was a little off after it because honestly, uh, what's her name, the actress for Cassie, but Cassie's character carried the movie a lot, which for obvious reasons because it was very much her story. Um, mm-hmm. But like once she was off screen, you can kind of almost feel the the lack of, um, I guess, screen presence uh, throughout the rest of it. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was that afterwards, it kind of takes a comedic tone. Um, like I, I think there's a little tonal, mm, tonal whiplash, I guess, because right? she dies, and then there's kind of comedic scene where. The guy who killed her is crying, and then and then his friend is consoling him over the dead body, basically. And it was it was played mm-hmm. comedically, and it felt a little weird. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, and I think the biggest thing is just looking at the themes. The theme of the movie was whether um, or not revenge was justified in a way, right? Um, right. Because it's it's basically a revenge story, and mm-hmm. in this case, it's 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 interesting because of the whole. Uh, sexual sexual assault thing because that we haven't really seen that much before i think her dying while i think it it leaves a lot more of a um it leaves a lot more of an effect on the audience afterwards because it's i think that's the most realistic scenario in this um mm-hmm. i don't think it entirely like then it it's it's almost like the it's like the movie saying it, it was bad to seek revenge and she should have moved on, right? But then also, yeah. but I feel like the movie never was trying to say she should move on because that's, I feel like that's what a lot of sexual assault victims here just move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, that's not always entirely fair because a lot of people just get away with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also her character was basically dead to me anyways, if that makes sense. I think her character died metaphorically before that scene anyways mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i, I, I like i like the screen i sorry i like the ending they did so yeah i, I gotta it, say it the themes better yeah i think just really briefly on the on the topic of the ending if there if they had to choose one ending or the other as much as the final scene is kind of corny like it doesn't work i don't think the movie works as well as it does without that final scene because the the first ending, the bad ending, if that's where the movie ends, it's really, really grim. And I think, like you said, it kind of gets the wrong message across, 
where the point of this movie isn't to answer the question of whether or not it was worth it. And so by having both of those endings, you get both of the answers, yes, it was, and no, it wasn't worth it, which I think is kind of perfect for this movie. Yeah, because there isn't an answer. It's just... Exactly. Uh, I, I think in the end, it's just that no matter what she... Like, she didn't... She won, but it wasn't like... Like, like there's no winning for uh, sexual assault survivors. There's just... There's not even getting even. It's just like, um, to how can you best deal with the trauma, I guess? Um, yeah, she ended up kind of overcoming it, I guess. But it took up 10 years of her life and it took up her entire life. Like she could never get past it and she wasn't going to get past it. And like it just it ruined her entire life, even though in this specific case, technically what happened didn't happen to her. Yeah, that, I thought that like that's that's really cool, too, is that they were this isn't actually the story of a sexual. I mean, she is a sexual assault victim, but. Um, I guess what's like laterally or like indirectly, um, because of, you know, it was her friend that died because of it. So, and and in a way you kind of like two lives were lost because of, because of the sexual assault Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's just really, and then it wasn't even her, like, uh, Cassie, like her parents, her parents' lives were probably ruined by it as well because they lost their daughter that day too. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's like, yeah, there's a lot of layers. And uh, yeah, and the screenplay always kept you on its toes. Like you never really knew exactly what to expect. So really, really good. I think I def- it's my favorite to win. I really want it to win. I don't know if it'll win though. Um, I'm going to see what it's up against. But I have to say that after I, I rewatched this movie for the third time now. And like, I think I would have to agree. Yeah, the things it's up against, like I, it's definitely the one that I want to win. Yeah, I I just think it's it's going up against Aaron Sorkin, who although I didn't like his screenplay, I think he's kind of an Academy favorite. Uh, I feel like the Academy will love Judas and the Black Messiah screenplay, um, and The Sound of Metals has a pretty good chance too. I don't think Minari. I think Minari has the worst chance. But I gotta say, Thomas and Yelm, these... I just sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, out of these five movies that are up for best screenplay, four of them are incredibly solid, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't... I, I just think it's too weird of a movie to win, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is sort of a weird movie. Um, yeah, I gotta say, this actually... Of the movies we've watched, this does, to me, feel the most like a blockbuster, like, best picture contender, aside from maybe Judas and the Black Messiah, because Judas and the Black Messiah is a little more blockbustery. But, like, this feels the most, like a movie that I can see getting a wide release, getting a large audience and doing really well in a theater where like, I don't know, I'm, ma- I'm basically uh, comparing it to something like Nomadland or Minari, which are good movies, but like they seem less, like they would have less mass appeal than something like this or something like Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I can see that. This movie, it was really like the, there's so many like different themes and tones they brought into it. Like the, um, like it's kind of that. I, there's lots of like chick flick stuff in it, honestly, mm-hmm. um, which I love because I I thought it added some flavor. Um, so it's like chick flick, kind of rom com, uh, revenge story, obviously thriller, 
uh, yeah, lot, lots of like that. That's that's why I like. I think it's genius that they were able to to mix all these things, but it doesn't feel like an academy movie that they would. Yeah, like. I guess I can see that. But yeah. Um, um, let's talk about the directing because I really like the directing in this movie. The the way this movie opens is probably my favorite opening of any movie this entire year, easily. Um, you remember the opening of this movie? Uh, yeah, it's when they're in the club and we don't we're we're look or she's looked at as like a like a, we we see her in action if that makes sense from the point of view of someone that is about to uh, basically sexually assault her. Unfortunately, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, at that moment, it's like three nice guys, and one of them's like, hey, maybe someone needs to take her home. And then he turns out to be not as nice a guy as he seems to be at first. So we're introduced immediately to like what she does. But when I say this is my favorite opening of any movie, I'm actually talking about literally the first like five seconds, the very first shot of this movie. I love it so much. Uh, I don't remember. So they're in the club. And like it opens on this song uh, that I am going to find out what the name of the song is. Um, but it opens on this song that's like a very it's it's this club song, uh, like big electro beat with like a very what is it called? Come and play with me. No, nope, mm. that's not the one. I'm not sure what it is. It's the very, very open song. Gosh, please look this up if you don't mind. But uh, at the um, at the very opening song, it's like it starts on this electro song in the club. And as it's doing that, we get shots of dudes dancing. But the way that they're shot is how you would normally shoot like women is, is how like a male director would normally shoot women dancing to make them look sexier, except that like. Nothing about the dudes is sexy. Like it's these business guys in khaki pants. They're like kind of up close dick shots. Uh, mm. And it's just like, it's, it's the dorkiest looking dancing when you portray it like that, that you can even show. And it's hilarious because like, well, and also like, I get what he, she's trying to do. This is a movie that is supposed to be like specifically anti-male gaze. And I think that the ways in which it's subversive, and this is the very first instance of that, are just beautiful. I love it a lot. Like, this movie takes a lot of tropes from, from other movies, and, like, you know, this movie takes a lot of tropes from other movies that, like, are sort of the reverse of what this movie is. Like, revenge thrillers, uh, movies honestly movies where you've got like a badass female protagonist movies where you've got a badass male protagonist it takes tropes from all of these things and like subverts them in really cool ways that makes you question why those things are even tropes in the first place and the very first one and the very first shot of this movie immediately does that and i love it Mm. for that yeah it's really efficient i guess uh tonal setting i guess that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, that's cool i didn't notice that did you have uh, did you have any other thoughts about the directing? I definitely do, so I can keep going. Uh, like, I just kind of want to think what I kind of want to know what you thought. I, I like the style. I thought I, I I can't really name anything specifically, but from what I liked, how it was shot. Um, again, kind of like a rom com, from what I can tell. Other than the scenes, obviously, like I think there was a tone shift in terms of it went from those romantic elements to the 
really intense moments, right? And mm -hmm. uh, they go back and forth between that a lot. And I thought that was really good in in terms of setting it up and like the uh, yeah. I, I directing is hard here because I it was very seamless. Like I don't think I thought the directing was amazing, but because it was so, it was like a very not in your face type of directing, right? Because everything about this movie was really good. Like the acting, the cinematography, the music, um, mm -hmm. lot like the, the framing and the, like there, there's so, so many things, but this wasn't like a, a Tarantino type of directing, if that makes sense, where the, like you, you can instantly recognize the style. Um, yeah, I would say, um, so this is Emerald Fennell's uh, first movie that she's directed. Uh, so I don't really have anything else to compare it to. But based on just this movie, I do not exactly know if I would recognize her second movie as being distinctly her. Because, like you said, it's not like there's nothing obvious to point to. Like, this is, uh, this is an Emerald Fennell moment. But I think that this directing is really good. Like... I thought she was a brilliant director in this. And I thought so because of mostly the choices she made rather than like any specific shots she did or anything. I mean, yeah. I brought up a specific shot at the beginning, but like that's not a shot that only Emerald Fennell could have done. Anyone could have done it, but only Emerald Fennell chose to do it. Yeah, I, I thought like some cool ones were, or cool moments were like the... Uh, well, like any any scene where she's where she's like kind of in a vulnerable position, or she's pretending to be in a vulnerable position before she switches the tables, right? Those are always really good. Um, I thought the tonal shifts when, uh, for example, when she's with her boyfriend at a few times, like there's that scene where he brings her by her apartment, and he kind of it's kind of like a trick slash joke. Um, I mean, <laughs> in future context, it's actually kind of creepy. I mean, it was creepy at the time too, but I think like the movie played it off as more innocent at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but like the, there's those moments like that where it's it's going really good and then a small thing happens and then the whole movie like switches itself on a dime and yeah. you're left with kind of, it's kind of putting you in her head where she, uh, I, I think when, whenever you're dealing with uh, with trauma, like you can you can be having a great, like you can be living life normally until something reminds you of, of what happened. And then you're kind of back into uh, like trauma mode, if that makes sense, or anxiety mode. Yeah, I like that you say that because um, I hadn't noticed, I hadn't been able, I wouldn't have been able to put this into words beforehand, but that's exactly how this movie works. Like she sees the world very black and white, but like, it's more like black and gray. Like either something is like, the world is just how it is, or something kind of triggers her and then all of a sudden like we're into this is a bad situation and like there's very little in between yeah um and i think that's a that's a skill that i am recognizing more and more for like uh i thought bought Bong joon ho uh for parasite last year was mm -hmm. a, like a complete master at that tonal shifting um in the middle, like even like from one shot to the next. And I, I don't think Emerald is quite there yet, but I mean, this is her first movie. So like, but I would also say that like, she has a lot to this, improve, but it was really, really good. This is also a very different movie than Parasite. So 
I'm also willing to forgive here, forgive that here, partially because I don't think that the way that Parasite shifted tones is exactly right for this movie, where personally I thought that the way that uh, Emerald Fennell switched between tones worked very well here. Again, I mean, like you said, it's, it's not perfect, but I think that the, like, this movie couldn't balance those tones, couldn't hit quite that same balance and be the same movie. Yeah, well, it, it's different in like, I, I to be fair, that wasn't like a complaint. That was just like I, I, something yeah. I noticed. Parasite, it's a lot different because uh, I think from the offset, it's it's a, it's played as a dark comedy. So you're switching from dark comedy moments to, to horror slash like thriller elements. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this movie was more like rom-com to thriller in some cases um and that shift is that shift is way bigger right so you have to be a lot more Mm -hmm. careful with how that works um but yeah i I just i just wanted to point out that that's the sign in my opinion of a really good director because that that shift isn't as easy as people might think and that's not something that comes through uh in the screenplay like that's something the director has to master yeah when those tonal shifts work they like they make it look effortless but the thing is there's a reason that rom-com and horror are different genres like they're not it's hard to do it's hard enough to do one of them well let alone both in one movie yeah exactly so um i I think that's a really good sign for emerald in the future she's got a lot of potential Uh, for sure um but yeah there's not really much else i can say oh sorry yeah i just want to point out that like it is I mean, I feel like it probably betrays our feelings on this movie a lot. Not that, well, I mean, we've said we've said it by now, but I think it's awesome that we are com- that we are immediately comparing this movie to Parasite, which was which is maybe one of my favorite movies ever, actually, at this point. So yeah, same. Yeah, that's, that's and hell- this is probably my favorite movie this year. So it's a mm-hmm. good combo, I guess. Good company. Hell of a comparison. Let's talk about the acting in this movie. Pierre, what do you want to say about the acting? Uh, sorry. Uh, it's really, really good. I, I think everyone did a solid job. I thought, uh, what's that? What's that guy's name? I, I know he's he's actually a YouTuber, right? Slash comedian. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Yeah, I've heard of this guy before. I don't think I've seen him on screen. He did a really solid job. Uh, playing kind of. I thought he was slightly charismatic yet off-putting. Uh, some of the time. Um, I, I don't think it was anything special, but uh, it was solid. I I loved how they were casting more innocent-looking dudes as the sexual assault uh, people. Um, well, there were um, there were very very few actually big names in this movie, but like the people that they did cast for the for the nice guys are were perfect for the role because they are pl- they're people that have played in other movies really nice guys like Bo Burnham is Bo Burnham uh Christopher Mintz plus and Adam Brody are kind of lovable dorks in other movies and in this movie they got to be lovable dorks with a really 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 dark side and like not even a dark side that they were any good at using just they were also predators in like in in the specific shitty way that this movie sort of like portrays predators and I say specific shitty way, not that it did it badly. It's just like the most dangerous people in this movie are people that like honestly don't have any power. They just happen to like 
find women in really bad situations and exploit the hell out of it. And so yeah, I, figured, I, I thought they were perfect for those roles. Yeah, I agree. I, I loved how it wasn't, uh, it was a, uh, mm, how do I say, like they were, they were, they thought they were good people, right? I say, I think that's yeah. what's important because they, so that they, because they weren't cast as these stereotypical douchebags. Um, they were, uh, like, they, these are people that think of themselves good and they kind of act that way, if that makes sense, even though they aren't. Um, and like, when one, they are called out on it, they realize that what they've been doing is bad. They just are also put in a situation where it's like, well, no, but I'm a good person, though. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, that's that's something that this movie highlights really well because that's, it's a, I guess, a stereotype of, like, sexual assault, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as weird as that is to say. Um, also, <laughs> I really wanted to mention quickly for actors, uh, <laughs> there's that guy who's at the the bachelor party um he helps he helps the the guy getting married i think he's the best man he helps him burn uh the body of cassie mm-hmm. um this dude's hilarious i've seen him in so many like movies as like the douchebag character i think i think he's just typically yeah. cast as a douchebag um he's off the top of my head it, i only recognize him from uh i think it's the big short uh, he's he was in the... the big short and he's the main character in new girl. Oh, is he? Okay. But yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's really good at it. And I think it was, I honestly laughed out loud because like, it's just, I ca- I kind of feel bad for the guy. We're getting typecast, but you're right. He's amazing. <laughs> his, you just hate him right away. It's his joke delivery. I think. Cause like the way that he says his lines is hilarious. Cause you know, he, he, he picks up the pillow and then he like backs off really quick and goes, you can, you can whisper. All right, I, I can't even do it. But just the way that he says it is like, it's hilarious. Yeah. And he actually like the way he's able to go from, uh, like, like kind of teasing his friend douchebag to like extremely sympathetic for like really dark yeah. reasons was actually really impressive and hilarious to watch. Which is why the tonal shift was a little weird for me because he was a little too good at his job. Um, yeah. But but I, uh-huh, the reason I'm talking nice. about oh wait I know how to get rid of a body it's all good it's not your fault <laughs> yeah and then they were like hugging and crying uh, uh it's cool but yeah the the reason I'm talking about everyone else is because I must say the actress for Cassie the only like I didn't even realize the only other movie I've seen with her is uh the Great Gatsby and her character had nothing to do and so she was completely overlooked by me but she was amazing like i can't stress that word enough she was so so good at what she did in this movie um like i i i just can't i don't know how else to say it like she's just honestly one of like one of the best performances in re- of recent memory 100 percent. you want to you want to keep going keep oh keep no talking? i don't know what else to say because <laughs> it's like would you would you call her the best actress in a motion picture oh yes i I mean, of the movies, I, I still haven't seen like two of these, but of the movies I've seen, yes, 100%. Um, I think Viola Davis puts some, or wait, is this, no, Viola Davis is supporting actress, right? Nope, she's up for oh, wait, actress. Oh, no, never mind. Okay, we have Maria. Oh, no. Wait, no, that's leading role. Leading role. Viola Davis. Okay. Uh, yeah, I still need to see like uh, Vanessa Kirby's performance and Andrew Day's performance. Um, Viola Davis is going to put up a hell of a fight, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really want Carrie Mulligan. So good. Uh, that tonal shift I was talking about, um, she is also, like, I thought that was in large part the director's work, but also she was able to do that insanely well. And not just in a, like, like happy and then dark way. There were so many layers to her character and her acting at every time that, like, she was just so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And and that's I think that's what the role needed, and she sold it extremely well. Like she was uh, scary, charismatic, intimidating, but also sweet, so like really sweet and kind and gentle and funny. Um, and like, yeah, I it just blew my mind. Yeah, I I thought she was really good. Uh, I gotta say, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not as enthusiastic about her as I've heard a lot of people being here. Like, I thought she was really good in what in her role, but to me, like, the entire casting of this movie is so good that she doesn't especially stand out much more than any of the other people for me, except that she is, uh, I mean, it's her movie. So I get it. I just, I don't know what, I don't really know what to say, I think. That's crazy. Like, you don't feel that at all? What? Wait, so... Who is your is your favorite still like Viola Davis I guess for actress Yeah I think I think for actress my favorite is still Viola Davis or maybe Vanessa Kirby Carrie Mulligan wow. is up there like I would say I would say those three could all sort of be inter- not interchangeable but like I could pick any of those three for me Um yeah I I, <laughs> I don't know what to say Jeff I kind of hate you <laughs> no, You know what I... that's okay but like what I <laughs> I, I do absolutely like want to keep talking about the casting on this movie though, because even with uh, even with Carrie Mulligan, like I have not seen Carrie Mulligan in very much. I've seen her in The Great Gatsby. I've seen her in uh, um, The Dig. I think I I know of her in Water for Elephants. I haven't seen that movie though. And like the movies that I've seen her in, like she's sort of a melancholic romantic character. Uh, she honestly doesn't get that much to do in those movies, but like, you know, she's, she's sad. She's a bit of a, like, she's romantic, but like, for whatever reason, the movie doesn't allow it to work out or something. And like, I thought that those very specific strengths played into this movie really well because this movie once again, subverts all of the casting. Like it'll cast, you know, the same way it cast lovable dorks as actual predators. It cast like, this, you know, this person who would be perfect for a romantic comedy as a basically vigilante anti-hero. And like, she did it beautifully because she was picked not, I mean, in no small part, the reason that like she got this role has to have been because she would be really good in a romantic comedy. And this movie is not that, but it plays to those strengths really well. Um... Yeah, I, I, well, that that's what I like because it felt like she could play a rom com really well. But I thought I just thought the strengths of her character was when she was switched into that intimidation mode. There was there was something about it that was very uh, I don't know how to because it was like when she, when she was when she was like for example in that scene where she's uh, basically when she's accusing people right of things. Um, oh, that wasn't water for elephants. Oops. Oh. Um, mine in my review she has this like it's threatening but she's also like really charismatic and like inquisitive and 
I don't know what it was about it. Like she had these like little facial expressions she would do and the way she would talk. Um, it just, it, it made it very, I don't know. I, I thought that added a lot. And um, I thought it helped. I thought it helped her character stay likable even when she was being uh, very intimidating. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I thought that worked really well. But yeah. I, uh, um, I, I thought she should win. I'd like to see her in, in actually maybe more, maybe more like serious like action-y roles i think like she could work well in rom-com or like a thriller movie like mm-hmm. very, very yeah much, i just so. i just want to yeah. see her more like i don't know i don't know how she's been in a lot of movies i don't know how i've not seen her in most of these yeah. it's crazy I, I hope she gets more roles after this so mm-hmm. well cool. this is her second oscar nomination so i'm hoping it would be very cool to see if to see this win oh yeah, she was in drive sure. We saw her in Drive. She was in Drive. I didn't like her in Drive. <laughs> so there you go. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. Let's talk about... Uh, do you have very much to say about the editing? This might be a fairly short time from us. Mm, not really. I, I think I, it was really, really well paced, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I can't think of a, a section of the movie that was slow or that I would cut. Everything seemed important. Um, I think the 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 ending the only part is the I think they could have cut the ending a little differently to make it roll a little faster and mm-hmm. maybe flow a little better because it was it felt kind of disjointed um because like it obviously I think it, it was required because they were skipping uh over a huge block of time and like they were touching on a a vast array of different characters but I think it, I just think it could have been done better. I this is gonna sound like such a weird comparison, but I think <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is like the pinnacle of like hero dies and then like, but you see the after effects of what happens to uh, the rest of the cast mm-hmm. um, in, in before the conclusion or and the conclusion of the movie. And uh, th- this 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 was very very similar, but I just thought the the scenes could have flowed a lot better that's it um but other than that like the editing was really really good i love those little i don't know if this is editing it editing necessarily but i love those little one two three fours like the one two three four uh titles i guess almost chapters that they added oh yeah yeah um i don't entirely know what i think those were the steps for people that she was trying to get revenge well, on right basically actually this is uh this is what i was talking about earlier um one two the one two three four it doesn't actually come in as titles until three and i think those are specifically her plan to get revenge for nina which culminates in five being the downfall of al the guy that like sexually assaulted nina Mm -hmm. because uh I was like, I wasn't sure is this just how they're splitting up chapters or what is it until the third time I watched it. And in the third time I watched it, I noticed that three is the first one that displays on screen. But before that, you do see in her uh, in her notebook, she writes down two and two is like a detailed page in her notebook of her meeting with Alison Bree's character and what she's going to do when she does that. And then she meets with Alison Bree's character. So like, her entire plan starts there, kind of. One is just sort of directionless, you know, her doing her thing where she tries to get people to assault her and then, like, turns it around on them. Uh, two is 
her meeting Alison Bree's character, and then three, four, five are I don't know exactly, but directly related to her plan to get back at Al. Yeah. And like um, once I realized what was going on, I really liked it. But before that, it confused me. Yeah, I I, I did for me too. But I did really uh, I don't know. I, I liked how it added a little mystery, I guess, to what why these titles were there. Um, yeah. And it kind of unraveled, but yeah, I, well, like, cause I, I've seen like, you, we've seen like the chapter, right? This was like, I think that's a Tarantino thing, like chapter one or part one, part two, part three. Um, yeah, not exclusively, but Tarantino does that a lot. Yeah. I, I thought this was like a kind of cool twist on that, I guess. Format. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. And uh, I guess the last thing I would say on editing is this movie does have a couple of scenes that are edited like music videos and it does it really well. Uh, Cause like there's the opening scene, which I found out uh, that is Charlie XCX's song boys. Um, and then like later on, there's a scene where they play uh, Paris Hilton's stars are blind, which has been stuck in my head for about four weeks now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's edited really cool. I don't know. I don't know yeah. that like being able to edit a music video is what gets you an editing Oscar, but I'm, I, I like seeing that when a movie can pull it off. And so I, I liked that a lot. It was a little, I actually, I didn't love that pharmacy. Uh, <laughs> it was a little over-focused on in the montage. It was very odd to me. Um, yeah, that's true. It's, I, I mean, it's I, like I, they I get shot that. a lot of scenes and then they were like, crap, all of these, like the lighting's terrible in all of these. We need to like, use all the pharmacy scenes we have uh, to like make up for the other scenes that we lost. Something like that. So, and this is a really backhanded compliment, but I have heard the argument that uh, when Bohemian Rhapsody won film editing, uh, part of the reason that it did that was because someone managed to take the footage they'd done and make a movie that like was watchable from end to end, which is <laughs> yeah. in itself a huge accomplishment. Really impressive, which, yeah. Okay horrible comparison to make here but i'm thinking like (laughs) it's if you have a lot of if you have a lot of footage that you don't know what to do with and you cut it together into a music video that at least kind of works that's not that's not nothing that's pretty good yeah it's impressive Mm -hmm. uh you never know it could win i and i wait Um, i need to look at the other so this is up against The Father, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Ooh, 7. Boy. I'm going to say this exactly the same way I said for screenplay. Four of the five, fantastic competitors here. Yeah, I think... On, honestly, Trial of the Chicago 7 is not that bad here. Either. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I really like to hate on that movie, but... I think Sound of Metal and The Father are probably the frontrunners, and... yeah. While I, I I do I do love Promising Young Woman, I don't think the film editing was necessarily what made it a good movie. So the film editing was not it it was very, very good. I don't know that it was special, especially when compared to these other movies here. Yeah, for sure. Um, um cool. And then best picture. What do you well I mean, I don't know if I have any more thoughts to say on best picture, except that I really, really liked it. And personally, it is easily my pick for best picture like the only other thing that comes close is the father and it's a distant second Mm. um yeah for me i really hope it wins i don't think it will uh because again i i just think it's too out there for the academy unfortunately um if it does i'll actually be really impressed though because i think that shows 
because all these other movies are just so much more Oscar y. Uh, yeah, well, personally, I would say, with the exception of Nomadland, which will likely win, but to me is the kind of movie that gets a lot of Oscar nominations, but doesn't win like the big, big ones. Yeah. Which usually shows the movie's actually really good. <laughs> yeah. No, that just... that is a good like that I'm not throwing shade at Nomadland. I think it is a very well I don't Oh, are we talking about Nomadland? Sorry. I yeah, I was talking about Nomadland. Like, oh, I see. I okay. think I think Nomadland is the kind of movie that like gets a bunch of nominations but doesn't win the big ones, which mm. is, you know, that's not throwing shade at Nomadland because that means it is legitimately good in all of those it's just a little bit too indie of a movie to for me to be able to see it as a best picture winner but i think it's gonna win this time it has it has won everything else i am very much rooting for promising young woman here though yeah same uh i think it's the best movie here except for i think sound of metal kind of close but i would i prefer promising young woman just because it's such a refreshing movie honestly mm-hmm. i think I think Sound of Metal was, or a lot of these other movies, they 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 check a lot of the boxes, um, but in my opinion, don't really do anything that I haven't truly seen before. Um, Promising Young Woman checks that for me. It, it's a movie that I'll, I'll probably remember for a long time, and it just you could feel there was so much energy behind it and passion yeah. compared to some of these other movies. So uh, I I want it. I, it's my favorite this year. I just yeah I don't I don't see it winning. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Oh, um, sorry. I need oh, to mention this. Alfred Molina was in this movie. I forgot about him. Uh, him and actually him and, and I like his. A, oh, I loved his character a lot actually too. I I don't want to dwell too much more because I think we're mostly at the end of this. But Alfred Molina's character is a really important character to this movie too. Did you? I I cut you off. Did you want to say something first? Uh, I was gonna say Allison Brie too was really good, but there wasn't. I, I, hers was solid. Alfred Molina, just he had very little screen time, but what he was able to do with that little bit, like, was really, really good, and I, it left a really big impact on the movie. So props to him. Yeah. Uh, God, I loved his role in this because he gets to be the one guy who feels remorse. Like, this is a movie about people who, when confronted with their past actions, are like it wasn't a big deal. And he's the only guy who, when confronted with what he did in the past, even though, according to society and based on this movie, nothing he did in the past was that big of a deal, he's like, yep, it's time to, it's time for my reckoning. Let's, let's go. Yeah, he was... Uh, I mean, that was, that was honestly kind of a jaw-dropping scene, uh, especially yeah, with how exactly. he's probably... Okay, this is going to sound weird, but he's probably like the least to blame in terms of he was just doing his job right um yeah but he also had the most power in that situation in the situation that happened so i think that's why he was actually it seemed like he was gonna be punished the most almost or one like second most i guess because um, he was third in, in the list of people yeah. that she wanted to get back at and um and i loved how she ended up trusting him with the evidence like she didn't trust her parents she gave it to him and that kind of completed his mm-hmm. arc in a very symbolic way, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like he, he's he's a character with an arc, yet we only see him on screen for like two minutes, and I think that's so cool. But yeah, yeah, less than ten minutes of screen time. But like, I mean, this is a 
this is a stupidly good year for supporting actor, but this is the kind of 10 minute or less performance that is good enough to, in some years, get an actual supporting actor nomination. For sure, yeah. 100 percent um yeah all right uh i think i think we should we should wind this baby up what do you think what i think it's pretty clear what both of our thoughts are right put a number on them uh i'll say like like i think a nine out of ten for me oh yeah uh yeah yeah i i can't give it perfect just because yeah there's a couple little things that bothered me um but it's such a great movie and i'm so happy that uh I guess this, for me, like, I guess this is kind of, this is almost the saving grace for movies this year for me, because I, I just have not been impressed so far with what uh, the uh, the Oscars or the Academy has been showing. And, but this, this is what I've been looking for, I guess. Yeah, I have to mostly agree. Like, this is a nine out of 10 for me. It gets better personally every time I watch it and I've seen it times. So it is possible that like, if, if Eventually, there's a plateau where I, it can't possibly get better. I haven't reached that yet. So, like, I'm going to watch this a couple more times eventually. And this might go up to a 10. But, like, I am very, I'm very hesitant to give out 10s unless it's, like, my yeah. favorite movie ever. So, you know, Parasite yeah. is a 10 for me now. But Parasite didn't become a 10 for, like, many months after it released. Mm. I, so, uh, wait, how, how many movies have we given 9s or 10s? There hasn't been many, right? I think I feel like I think Inception one. was our highest. Inception, I gave a ten out of ten, mm-hmm. and I was like and nine point bef- seven, I think, or something, <laughs> something stupid. Yeah, and before that, on a previous podcast, I gave a ten out of ten to Logan, okay, the, the Marvel movie. Really, but aside from wow, okay. yeah, but aside from that, like I think those are I think that's the highest we've ever given. Like we've I we have in the past given nine out of tens but even that fairly rarely i can't think of one offhand yeah i think i think uh, probably parasite yeah i'd say parasite's a 10 it, it usually it's actually movies i i can't watch again just because i think they leave a big impact on me um parasite mm. i've only seen once and i'm too scared to watch it again because it was really good and also like kind of traumatizing um <laughs> the other one i can think of is like terminator 2 uh yeah, I, I, I saw Terminator 2 when I was like 13 or something. And it's I still remember like being one of the best things I've ever seen. And I haven't seen it since because I'm too scared to watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, also, I, I'd say like the social network and stuff is up there. Fair. But yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah, yeah we got one episode left. And then we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do. Because then we're out of Best Picture nominees. So, yeah, are you ready to we'll talk about the Pound of Metal? I am so ready. I've seen it, and it is very good. My second, my second favorite of the year. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that on the next episode then. Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the last word. Oh, the last what's word the last word? Boys. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I felt bad. I didn't want to target you again. No, no, I did, I was specifically preparing for it this time. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, because we're going to end on the song, Boys.
I can't even 